Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Good to be back again, thinking about the Word and being in touch with you all through the media. It's wonderful. Another Wednesday. Let's worship Him. We have uh, Brother Sharat also who is uh, helping us with our translation in Canada. So let's just worship Him for a minute. Lord, we bless You. We praise You. We worship You. We honor you today. We're so grateful for your mercy. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Hallelujah, our Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Abba Father. You're faithful. You'll do what you said, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Faithful God. We worship you. We thank you. We bless you. Hallelujah, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful for your mercy, your tender mercies, your loving kindnesses. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Thank you, Abba Father. May Supraande Veli Prosukoma Dabara Mitekelebinde. Hallelujah, Abba Father. Shoburube Tebereste Prezelebel Beliente. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praje de Brende Veli Prakasala Mandarabakataya. Oh, you're faithful. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. We love you, Lord. We call upon your mercies. Hallelujah. For us to live is Christ. Thank you, Abba Father. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. For Thank you, Lord. 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 Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, 
glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word, oh, you're the blessed Redeemer, and the living Word, oh, Shimanakal Marazere Beridiende, Marakura Bariyari Bosokori Bal Maradabashta Kazaraba, Thank you, Lord, Rapatevele Boshura Barakada Brinderimende, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Rama senderi andoroko sheri ande. Oh, mantere bose baramada bariri beriende. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Manabere boso koramanderi ende. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship and adore you. La prabala manderi ando. You alone are worthy of Mashavarabhavari Andiri Verigesti. Thank you, Father Jababarabhari Andarabhakasariente. Thank you, Lord Apetele Bhavarandara Makarabhalmarabhalmarasharabhakataya. Thank you, Lord. 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 We're grateful for your tender mercies. Yield to your loving kindnesses, O Lord. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to serve you in this day and hour. We live for your glory and honor in these very interesting times. We worship you, Father. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed in the name of Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, as you consider whatever is going on out there, it's good to know that you've been thought about by God. God has had you in His mind from long time ago. Amen. And so you don't have to worry or be anxious about anything because God's plans are always good. Hallelujah. I'd like to take a few thoughts like that and see what we could do with them. I'm, you know, usually just trying to be as open as possible uh, to what God would like to do. So I'm going to read something from 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter. And uh, it begins as usual with His grace and mercy and peace and all of that coming to the church. Notice there it says, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience, hope, but verse 4 says, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. That's what I would like us to consider for a minute, your election of God. Knowing, beloved. Praise God. So there is something that um, 
is from the mind of God concerning his people that started long, long time ago. And it's there throughout the scripture, revealing the way God thinks, um, how he has so much vast foreknowledge of everything, but he doesn't interfere with our choice. But in his great foreknowledge, we are already kept, and that's so powerful, you know. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, the Holy Ghost, and much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Notice that there's always someone bringing the message. Someone has to do the bringing of that message. And um, otherwise... The truth is there, of course, but then it has to be brought out. So prayerfully, we expect the mercy of God to show up so we can bring forth these truths. And I believe that there's a time that he decides for us to receive and be emphatic about some things. Let's read uh, verse 4 also in First Thessalonians 1 in Canada, please. Yes, Amen. Similar verse like that would be Ephesians. We'll go there. Chapter 1. Notice there also it's the fourth verse. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So here we have similar thoughts going on, predestinated, adopted, uh, which is different from being adopted by biological parents who are not really yours. Here it means that there was a kind of ceremony where you were now given the position of being a real son. That's very interesting. It's kind of from another culture, you know, but uh, maybe we just have to get used to the idea that God loves us and he doesn't consider us as stepchildren, praise God, but real children, and that we are given that place of a son. In other words, that we can handle responsibility. All of this is in his predestination, which is not by his own uh, force, but rather because he knew our will and knew our choice. So you cannot say, I was predestined because God wanted me to just be predestined. No, God would not violate choice. God would not violate any of those free will, moral choices that he has given us, but knew our choices, and so chose us, and based on that, predestined us. Hallelujah. So um, this has happened, notice, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. So whatever baggage you had, everything is concluded in that big picture that he knows you, and he has decided that you have the faith that pleases him, and you made the right choice, and so he had already chosen you before time began. Amen. 
Let's read that also, Ephesians 1, verse 4 in Canada, please. Amen. So if you start to think about it a little bit, you know, we should be happy and excited that we have been chosen by God before time began, that He knew us before time began, and He decided based on our desire and faith that we were chosen. Praise God. He did not force anybody. He did not write on anyone's head that you are chosen and you are rejected. Nothing like that. Even though sometimes um, maybe the language and the thinking of the world has influenced us and we think that maybe that's how he chose. But God's not like that. Hallelujah. There's even a verse in Malachi, you know, in the first chapter there, which talks about how he saw everything that was happening and uh, made choices. Let's get that out. I believe it's Malachi 2. Yeah. Praise God. Mm, okay, maybe it's not 2. could be 4. Anyhow, one day we, we were looking at that verse and how he said... Um, I love this brother, but I don't like the other brother. I've chosen this brother, you know, and the other one I have not chosen. And, you know, thoughts like that. Let's go to a more clear one in Romans, which I believe that maybe we should talk about. He says in verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption, glory, covenants, giving of the law, service of God. So many um, specially given uh, verses just for the Jewish people. And he said that his conscience was bearing him witness, that he was not lying. He had such feelings for them. And you know, verse 5 says, the fathers according to the flesh. Then he goes on there, neither because they are the seed of Abraham, children of the flesh, children of God. Word of promise, Sarah shall have a son. Uh, Rebecca conceived by one, even by a father. Isaac, the children not being born, neither having done any good or evil, purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calls. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. And it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Hmm. Lots and lots of similar comments. Let's just pick out one. Maybe I'll read uh, verse 13 in Canada, please. Yes. Amen. So you notice here, 
these kind of thoughts are you know basically littered all over the scripture and then in verse 16 he says so then it's not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of god that showeth mercy and then there's the story of pharaoh also coming along there but in all of this you notice he's trying to say something let's pick verse 11 the children being not yet born neither having done any good or evil that the purpose of god according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth so here it seems like you know strange on one hand it looks as if um he chose them already and he was favoring one and not the other and that he just chose like that but on the other hand as you get to know his character he doesn't choose like that and therefore it had to be based on one person uh, loving the things of god and faith and that impresses him because he's always been a faith god and he's always been that kind of personality and so verse 13 it sounds very strong jacob have i loved but esau have i hated god doesn't hate anybody and therefore you know it's not the person it's the attitude it's the desire the same thing he said about uh, peter in matthew 16 i believe there he said um you savor not the things which be of god but the things which be of men you know and he said get behind me satan and all of that conversation there so th- the point here is that god uh, doesn't hate people but he hates certain desires or attitudes and he knows our attitudes and our desires and he has seen our faith long time ago and based on that he chose us and his choice is always good amen let's hear um maybe verse 11 of romans chapter 9 also in canada makkali makkalinu uttadiruvaga mattu olledannagali kettadannagali maadidiruvaga aikeya prakara devara sankalpu sirugolluvanti kriyegalindalla aadare karedakanindale amen praise god so that kind of thought must be brought to um the surface because sometimes you may wonder how does god do these things and uh, maybe you have battled with such thoughts and you know, did he just choose that person and chuck the other one uh, god's not like that he just has this great foreknowledge and so he knows everything before the foundation of time and he's seen it all and then based on the interest and desire and faith of the individual he goes ahead and chooses that person so um everybody is given an opportunity to express what they desire and the choices are clear you know this day i set before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life um you know he says that in deuteronomy 30 choose life that you and your seed may live so he just knows our choices before and then chooses us praise god so he's a good god um don't let that interfere with you at this time praise god and the previous verse was malachi 1 verse 2 similar language you know praise god so is there unrighteousness in god verse 14 says is there unrighteousness with god god forbid so there there can be a tendency for one to say 
God is not righteous. His ju- judgment is not right. And, um, you know, I don't accept that. And, and these kind of thoughts are there, sublime or open among people, you know. And uh, we, the church, uh, the believers of this present age should have that very clear. Otherwise, um, you know, it's easy to just drift off. I remember when we were growing up, we had relatives who would say, show me your hand, you know, and they would look at the lines and they would say something about you and, you know, they would count some things and all of that stuff. And they really said things to you and it kind of stuck with you, you know, because there's this desire inside to grasp at something uh, about your own life and your future all the time. You know, and then the newspapers had these columns um, about your star sign and all of that, you know. And so we got into that and began to maybe read here and there. And they said, oh, this newspaper is very accurate. That one is not so accurate. So everybody headed for a particular newspaper, you know. And one time a relative of mine, he was, he was also born in the same uh, time period as the same month as me. And so he was checking and he said, someone in your house is going to die. And so we were like, oh, wow. And it ended up that he died, you know, sometime that month or so. And uh, that's where I started to think, wow, is there a way of knowing what's going to happen? Is it written already? Are these things already planned for you? And that's where, you know, over a period of time, I began to think very seriously about the spirit realm and stars and whatever. Anything out there, you know, I was beginning to look in that direction. So these things are very powerful. And as believers, we need to get it, I bet, very clear, you know, more than anybody else. So um, let's read verse 14 also in uh, Canada. <laughs> Notice that. Verse 15 says, For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Does that mean that some people, you know, he just doesn't have compassion on them, and some he has compassion on them? You know, all of these things form varieties of thinkings and eventually come out as doctrines and affect the stability of believers and the very school of thought, and makes them live in a certain way, you know. Uh, Meanwhile, God doesn't really think like that at all. So it's better to get it clear, you know. Verse 16 says, So it's then it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. What does that mean? You mean, I don't have to run then, I guess. I don't have to will. Anyway, God's mercy is there. Is that what he's saying? Or I didn't have to perform anything. God already decided what I, I should be. Or is that what it means? You know. And then it gets even a little more complex uh, with verse 17, bringing Pharaoh into it. And uh, it says, the scripture says unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore has he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will 
whom he will, he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Very interesting. So the argument seems to be, you know, different. At one point he's saying, Now you're going to say, Why should God ask me then? Why did you do this? If he already planned that I should be like this, he showed mercy to whom he should show. It looks confusing. Can you see that? Then verse 20, little more murky waters. Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed, Why have you made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Wow. So here some vessels are just destined for dishonor, some for honor. You know, it can look like that, the, the language and the thinking, but you should realize that this is God and it's not man, and therefore there must be heaven's explanation to all of this. You know, it can't just be read by natural wisdom and understanding. Verse 22, argument begins. He says, What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory? And um, we'll talk about 24 shortly. So there's this uh, pretty neat argument there, and I don't know if you read it before, and whatever your theories have been, we've all had our theories, but then there is God's own way of looking at things, and I believe that's what is very important. Otherwise, you get into a very unsure life, a very um, delicate place where you don't have rest. <laughs> you become fearful, you know. Praise God. But um, notice here, maybe we should read 17 um, in Canada and then 19 also. Thanks, brother. Amen. Then we jump off to First Peter chapter 1, and he says in verse 2, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And he goes on, verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations etc etc so notice the result of all these things is supposed to be wherein you greatly rejoice in other words because of your clarity and settled faith 
and certain guarantees that you are kept, you can now rejoice. So if you're not very clear about it, maybe you won't rejoice. So, you know, it has to be derived from the scripture, and then we get into a place of faith, and then we can rejoice. And then even when tests come, trials come, you know, you can rejoice, even though you haven't seen anything really yet. Praise God. So it probably would be a good idea, and I feel that, we should go down that path and think a little bit of it. He seems to be the potter and we are the clay. Jeremiah talks about that also. I think it's chapter 18. And, um, you know, uh, Thou art the potter, I am the clay. You know, songs like that. So it's as though God has this certain way of working with the clay and then saying, you're for this. And because I said so, and uh, you're for that, because I said so, and now the pot does have not any idea to come back and point at God and say, "You made me like this." You know. Uh, notice that the argument was, "You made me like this," and uh, the clay has no right to ask the potter, "Why did you make me like this?" So it's as though it's God's fault constantly pointing back at God, you made me like this, you are the problem, it's you. See, so, uh, you know, we must be clear that it's not God's fault. If there's anything wrong, <laughs> it's our fault. It's never God's fault. See, there's a couple of things out there. There's God's will in the world, A. There's man's will, B. The devil's will, C. And then I believe there's also believers who have allowed the devil to bring their own will also. Amen. So there's plenty of things out there. But some things must be clear. Otherwise, we will have this problem, you know, constantly not being able to rejoice fully. Uh, not being able to really relax in what God is saying. And um, that's what we were beginning to talk about uh, last week. Let's hear... First Peter chapter 1, um, let's read verse 3 and 4 also in Canada. Thank you, brother. Amen. So back in Romans uh, chapter 9, if we read verse 18, it says, Therefore has he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardens. You see, it looks as though God is the one who hardens some people. But notice here, he has mercy on whom he will have mercy. And then the opposite is, if they don't have the mercy of God, then they get hardened. The truth about it is that he sees their attitudes and he sees their desire and he has mercy on them because they love him and they want to do the right thing. And so he supplies mercy to them. But those who uh, do not want such things, who are against and do not savor the things that are of God, they actually get hardened and he hardens them. Isn't that interesting? And um, it's just very... You know, someone said it like this some years ago, and I, I thought about it, said, the same sun um, 
you know, can harden the clay and uh, it's the same clay but at the same time, you know, the clay can be softened. You know, it just didn't make any sense to me and, you know, one story or another, they just try to explain it somewhere or the other and it just never sat. But it's better to just get it from God's word. So I pray that you read it yourself and you be convinced Verse 20, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay, out of the same lump, to make one vessel unto honor, another to dishonor? And then our story comes along in 24, Even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So there's a story here, most likely about the Jews and how that we were brought in at the right time. And so he begins by lamenting that his people may go to hell and he feels for them constantly. And now the church age has begun and how can he explain to them that they and this group of Gentiles are now belonging to one body and he's trying to explain that. And it must have been tough because even now, you know, if you read it just like that, you could get pretty tangled up. You know, he takes Pharaoh's hardness and then hardens him some more. How do you like that? Pharaoh saw the display of God throughout the ten plagues and he decided that he was not going to agree with God and so he got extra hardness from God. Interesting. And then eventually God has the opportunity to show everybody that if you stand against him, you lose big time. So he has a way of hardening some people through their own hardness to display a greater victory through those people. Very interesting. So Pharaoh was used by God to display a great victory that when you stand against God, you're going to face the music. And so out of that culture of slavery of 400 or so years, a group of people came out who knew that this Pharaoh is a mean guy. Even if it is evident that God is fighting, that God is doing these things, still he will not be bothered. So people left Egypt, and it was not just the Jewish people. It was a mixed multitude of people who had observed what was going on, and they said, Forget Egypt, man. Forget Pharaoh. We don't want to be any part of this. So in other words, they became believers also. And they came out. You see, so uh, it fell flat on his face again. Pharaoh, boo-hoo, you lost. So like that, it's going to be, you know, God showing again. If you decide to tangle with him and you want to be tough, he'll prove to you that he eventually will win. Hallelujah. So it's better to just go with the the better version, which is God is 100%. If there's any mistake, it's my mistake. That's the best option. Hallelujah. Don't point fingers at God because really He created us. But the goodness of God is that He knew everything about us and in our choices, in the choice bank that He had of us, He knew that we would love Him, we would go after him, we would choose him, maybe at the right time, of course, 
Some of us were hardened up to some point, but at the right time we decided, wow, I surrender. Hallelujah. So, you know, it's time to maybe get this better because we are living in very shaky times where the church is also saying God is doing this, God is doing that, etc., etc. And it's only going to get worse according to the scripture. So if you're not sure about these things, you may join the gang against God and say it's your fault. You know, deep inside there, there will be a lack of rest. Hallelujah. So that's what we want to address, that rest, where you can rest and operate in the faith of God and receive the benefits even in the midst of whatever is happening. Praise God. So let's read... um, Romans chapter 9, maybe verse 25. Amen. So that's talking about us. So he came to his own, the Jewish people, and they did not receive him. We were the guys who were the rejects, but through that act, he was able to now come to us. You see, if they had accepted him, maybe it would be a different story. But God knows how to work everything for good. So he has stopped them. The Jewish clock, in quotes, has been stopped and kept on hold, but it will be picked up again during the tribulation, and we'll go back to the Jewish age. But till then... It's our turn, and it's been going on for almost 2,000 years. And we have become special to him. He's not saying that the Jews are not special. They are still special to him, you know. Praise God. They have received that sonship from the beginning, and then they refused him when he came because they were stuck here and there with legalisms. But praise God, he's going to go back to them again after seven years. Verse 27, Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. So there is this thing about God and how he has certain group of people who he knows and has kept reserved, even though nobody may know about them. Very interesting person. So let's go to the story in 1 Kings chapter 19 and observe there. It's supposed to be a time when um, Israel was not behaving well at all. They were with Ahab. That's the time this prophet of God was on the earth by the name of Elijah. And uh, Elijah is so bugged that he begins to pray against Israel. He takes intercession against Israel because of the way they treated him and the way they used to harass and persecute prophets. And verse 10 in 1 Kings 19 says, And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, notice only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Praise God. So he's there saying things to God. And God's trying to calm him down. God has spoken to him at least twice to go back to where he's supposed to be. 
But he's saying, no, I just can't take it anymore. And he's interceding. Do something. You have to show Israel to teach them a lesson. Verse 11, and he said, go forth. So God is saying, go forth. Go away from here, man. Go back to where you're supposed to. Stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains, breaking in pieces rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire, the Lord was not in the fire. A still small voice, it was so when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face with his mantle, went out, stood in the evening, or rather the entering of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him, saying, What doest thou, O thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous. Notice, for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I, am only left. They seek my life to take it away. So he's a very bugged individual, prophet who has suffered a lot and seen the unfaithfulness of the people. And he's like, God, you have to finish them. Just wipe them out. And the Lord said to him, go, return. So he's trying to tell him again and again, go back to where you're supposed to be. And by this time he tells him, anyway, go anoint Hazel. In other words, somebody's going to take over from you. Your job is over. Hallelujah. Jehu, the son of Nimshi, verse 16. Elisha, the son of Shaphat. And it shall come to pass, he that escapes this one will get that one. Verse 18, then he says, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. Notice that. The knees which have not bowed unto Baal, every mouth which has not kissed him. Wow. So there were 7,000. In other words, there's always a number of people that God knows their choices and God has kept for himself, no matter what it looks like. So sometimes, you know, we, we don't know how he does it, but he knows our faith. He knows who loves Him, those who are committed to Him. And He has already chosen them and called them and kept them. So Israel was kept because of the remnant there. And therefore, Israel is still on the earth till today. Because there are always people that God knew before time began who loved Him and chose. Even though as a nation they refused Him, they were still individuals there among them who loved him, who chose for him, who believed in him. And so he would preserve. Amen. And even as we go into times that are coming ahead, notice that Israel is going to start off again shortly as a very interesting country. And they're going to continue into the ages and be special as ever because they have been faithful among them, some individuals that you and I may not even know about. Praise God. And so God knows everyone and their choices and has kept them. And they are the ones that preserve. So if this is used in Romans chapter 9 as an argument, why Israel will not be forsaken? Guess what? The church cannot be forsaken. God has already seen you before time began and he cannot quit on you. He has to 
watch your faith come to full manifestation. He has to see the exploits that you were created for. He has to see everything fulfilled. Amen? So that gives me a timeline for everything, doesn't it? In other words, until I have done what I have to do, it's not going to happen. Nothing else is going to come and engulf us and, you know, destroy everything and finish us. I don't care whether the next, met, you know, maniacal person comes up with a new disease or problem on the earth. That's not, it's not my problem at all. It doesn't bother me because we are the salt. We are the light. We are the ones that have kept the earth till this day. We are the ones that are preserving this land till now. Horamavu and all of those places. This city is kept just because you are there and God knew you before time began. And therefore, He cannot let it go just like that. Are you getting that? Yeah, there's a lot of talking going on. But, you know, you may have to see those scriptures. Let's go and uh, look at another scripture. In Romans chapter 11. Praise God. Romans 11. Notice here he says, verse 1, I say then, has God cast away his people? See, there may be a thought that uh, he's forgotten about them. The Jews, forget about it. Has God cast away his people? God forbid. He doesn't. He, He knows who's there. He knows who has not bent their knees and bowed their knees to some other. Hallelujah. So, for I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 2, God has not cast away his people. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Hmm. Then he brings out, he said, You do not know what the scripture says of Elias or Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, dig down thine altars, I am left alone, they seek my life. But what said the answer of God unto him? He says, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men. See how it goes this way. He says, what does God say now? I have reserved unto myself 7,000. And Elijah did not even know there was anybody else. All he could see was himself. Sometimes you get so involved and you think you're the only ones around. Meanwhile, there are others, multitudes. And he says, I cannot forget the people. I cannot forget them because of so and so and so and so and so. Amen. See, if you can tell the Jewish people this, what about us that Jesus said in Matthew 16, I think it's verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We are guaranteed that nothing is going to happen to us. Nobody can just come and swallow us up and just spit us out like we are of no consequence because God has not changed. Hallelujah. Of course, the Jews were kept on hold, but God never cast them away. In fact, they're going to take the center stage very shortly and they're going to be Everything is going to revolve around them. Hallelujah. So if you begin to think like this, then you can sit back and say, God who knew them knows me from long, long, long time ago. And he knew my choice 
And he ordained me to be here in this time, in this hour, put my hand on me, kept me on the earth for such a time as this. And therefore, it has to only end when my work is over. Are you getting this? Hallelujah. If this is God's work, and God has chosen that you are the one that's going to be speaking and praying and believing and making disciples and going out there, He's not going to come and just bomb you and swallow you up and destroy you. Never ever. Hallelujah. So there's no need to look around and get all upset. Look at the news and get worried and say, oh, it's getting worse. There's something else coming. You're supposed to just kick back and say, I've got work to do. <laughs> and until I finish, nothing's going to happen. Are you out there today? Even though some of us may prefer to just leave right now, there's work to do. And He knows when it's over. So till then, just move around happily as though nothing happened. Just do all that you have to do because He knew you before time began and He loves you and He has planned all kinds of inheritance and blessings for you so that you would partake here and also in the life to come. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten the Jews. God has not forgotten His people. Hallelujah. Maybe we should hear uh, verse 3 and 4 also in Canada, please. This is now Romans chapter 11. Kartane, Avudina Pravadira in the Kundu, Nina Yadna Vedira in the Kere Hakidare, Adari Nanopani Vididine, our Nana Pranavan of Tegelu Hurukudare endu, Baru Hiri the Nivigotilo, Adari Devu Ravaniki Kota Utravendere, Balana Vigrahake, Monaka Lurada, Yerus. Amen. Praise God. Can you see how it is coming from way back in the Old Testament and being brought into such an issue in the book of Romans just for us to come to terms with it, to begin to understand that God knew us long, long time ago. God planned for us long, long time ago. Now it's our time. Now it's our season. It's not yet over. Until he says it's over, it's not over. And so don't be moved. Don't be worried. Don't uh, moan and whine and complain and hide. Don't get all messed up. Don't mess with your attitude. Keep it nice and sweet. You may feel messed up, but you don't have to obey those feelings. You don't have to obey those emotions. Hallelujah. Notice verse 5, he says, Even so, then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace that applied to them and to us also. There is always some group kept by God, by grace, not based on their performances, but based on the inclination and desire that they had. Are you seeing that? It's not based on how great you are, but based on the fact that you love God and you have a desire for Him. Are you getting that? That's how it is. And based on that, He just chooses you. It's not that, you know, because you're such a great guy, so God decided that He should choose you. Amen. He just knew that at some point in time, you would love Him, you would desire Him, you would go after Him, and so He chose you. 
and then he works in you both to will and do his good pleasure. It's not really you running and your strength and your ability, praise God, but it is he now, because he called you, because he chose you, he can now work in you both to will and do his good pleasure. Praise God. When you start looking at yourself, then everything goes down. Look at this scripture in Ephesians, the 6th chapter. Observe there, verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It has nothing to do with you. In His strength, in His power, in His dominion. Be strong in that. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Look at the just previous verse, verse 9. He says, you masters do the same. We're extracting out of it. He says, you masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Observe there. In other words, he's not partial. No, but he knew your choice and he knew that you would desire and you had a choice given to you and you would say, yes, I want God, I want him and I want to believe God. And so he chose you. And so he's not partial. And he wants us now to act out of that saying, all right, on my own I'm nothing. But since you chose me, work in me, whatever I have to do, let's finish it, Lord. Let's get this thing done. And so you get strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Praise God. You know Gideon was a coward. He was hiding away here and there. They were a tribe of bums and losers actually. But it was to him that he said, You are the mighty man of valor. And he's like, Who's that? So God has always been like that. It's not because we're so great that He chooses us. He chooses the forsaken, the nobodies, the nothings, the morons, the things that are nothing to bring to nothing, the things that are, so that no flesh will glory in His presence. Hallelujah. So He's actually quite, uh, he's quite easy to work with as long as you don't focus on yourself. But we always go that way, you know. The great prophet decided to complain. This is what they did to me. Look what they're planning against me. You must show them. You must do something about it. <laughs> Praise God. And still God worked with him and even took him out by a special uh, chariot of fire. And he's going to come later on, I believe. And uh, during that special tribulation time, He's going to feature there again. Praise God. So it's nice to know, you know, that God has been thinking about you long, long time ago. And therefore, your wheels will work here. It doesn't matter. Your faith will still work. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's not based on what you see out there. It's not based on man or the world, its supply or anything there. God is the one who's at work in us, both to will and do. His good pleasure. Praise God. Let's um, see if we can um, back up again. Romans 11. I think we read there. 
Mm, verse 5. Yeah. Yes, brother. Romans 11, verse 5. Yeah. Amen. And then comes this next verse, which is very strange. And if by grace it's no more of works, Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. <laughs> How about that? You thought you got a Rubik's Cube and you could just move things around. Read that and see what it means. <laughs> it says quite Rubik's out there, but I believe that it either it's grace or it's works. It can't be both. So in the matter of our choice and our life down here it has to be by grace it cannot be because of our special ability and strength God chose us before we were even born with zero performance from us and he decided you are the one you are the one that is going to be for 2020 <laughs> and if you can just detail yourself a little bit I mean, if I look at myself, I just would not even choose myself. Just forget it. I don't qualify, I don't come near, I still think the same. I'm just not the choice. But believe me, you know, it's a reality. Israel has not obtained that which it seeks for, but the election has obtained it. The rest were blinded. The rest were blinded. Hallelujah. Israel has not obtained that which it seeks for, but the election has obtained it. The rest were blinded. So, praise God, those who thought they were really up to the mark, they didn't get it. But those who were the rejects, they are the ones who have gotten anything. Isn't that interesting? Praise God. Wow. So some are still blinded. Some cannot see. Is it God that blinded them? Let's look at this, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. It's the devil who has blinded them, but it was because of an attitude, right? Your attitude is different. Your attitude is, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me revelation. Praise God. So God knew that desire that you had before time began. And He saw those who would like to approach with their own strength. And He decided, you guys are blind. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I wish we knew this before we were five years old. It would have made a lot of difference. But you know, you don't know this until you're supposed to know it, right? Praise God. Let's read, therefore... Back again, Romans chapter 11. And let's see the seventh verse. Romans 11, verse 7. Praise God. Verse 9 says, David says, Let their table be made a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see. 
bow down their back always. Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. Wow, very interesting. Notice there he says, let their, tra- uh, their table become a trap. In other words, he's talking about the um, meal that they had, the Passover meal, that they would be so involved in hurrying to bring Jesus from the cross that evening and go and eat their Passover meal. Meanwhile, they had just butchered the Passover meal himself. So they were so you know, trapped and so blinded They were hurrying home to have their Passover meal. That's why they wanted him out from there quickly. That same evening, they should bring him down from the cross because it's Passover. It's amazing, isn't it? Praise God. So thank God for the ignorance on our part. We had no clue about these things. We did not know what Passover was or Peshach or anything. We were like, Jesus... You are the Savior. If you don't save me, I'm finished. (laughs) And we're the ones who got it. And the ones who are supposed to have known all of that, they're blinded. Although among them today and then, people were still true. They were honestly people who were true and called on Him. They are the remnant. And because of them, Israel is still there today. Hallelujah. The temple fell. Israel was trampled under by Roman legions. Everybody was driven here and there. They ended up in different nations. And today it's the age of the church. But God's going to pick them up again because He doesn't leave people. As long as He has the remnant that He knows and He has kept, He will always work with them and preserve them and do mighty things through them. Glory to God. So my brother and sister, there's nothing to worry about. You know, I don't know what's coming next, but it's not going to be cute. It's not going to be fun. But you don't have to be moved because you are in the remnant that's kept. You are the one who has obtained mercy. When you look at yourself, you look like you have nothing. You're just there. But guess what? The God who has promised is faithful. He's working in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. And you are an ambassador. And therefore, heaven must supply your needs. It's not about you. It's about Him. Are you getting this? It's really not about me or you. It's about Him. It is His people called by His name. He is the one that is faithful. He will keep us. He will do it. Praise God. So there's nothing to worry about. They became blinded. But thank God, verse 11 says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. (laughs) What looked like a failure became a plus for us because in His wisdom, He was thinking about us long time ago. And Jesus even said it, I have some other sheep away from this fold. They all need to come home too. And so at the right time, because of their hardness and blindness, He came to us. And today it's our turn, and our turn is almost over. But you don't have to be worried until it's over. 
until you see the day of the Lord, until you see Him face to face, you don't have to switch off. You don't have to uh, just give up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, Now if the fall of them be riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Praise God. Glory to God. There's a lot of stuff going on there, but let's jump off to 15. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? In other words, if their casting away was the reconciling of the world, all of us, what about when they finally accept the one that they rejected? In other words, what about during the tribulation, after the church is gone, they realize, what? It was Jesus. My, what's going to happen to the Jewish people that time? Oh yeah, they're going to be preparing for the millennium, which is a, a wonderful period of time on the earth, a thousand years of Jesus himself, galore. So you can see he has saved some things for them, some special times for them. Hallelujah. Where their own place, Jerusalem, is going to be the center of everything. Hallelujah. He's not forgotten them. He never, he never will. He cannot. Jerusalem is forever. And we respect that. We must accept that. Hallelujah. Amen. So now as the church, who are now flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, should we be moved at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You should not be worried at all. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can read maybe verse 14 and then 15 of Romans chapter 11. Thank you, brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. So now you can see you've been made a vessel. Second Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but and of wood and of earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. So today you and I are vessels, and we can decide whether we want to be vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor. That's up to us. Don't forget, you are his vessel, you are chosen by the mercy of God, by the glory of God, to carry Him, to carry His mercy, to carry His glory. And that is up to us if we'd like to carry it in honor or in dishonor. Praise God. So we are doing our best to make sure that we can um, purify ourselves. We can cleanse ourselves because the future hope of the church, the rapture, the millennium, and all of these wonderful things coming ahead are supposed to be a purifying hope. Wow, I'm going out of here. I'm going to be standing before Jesus very soon. I better get my act together. 
I better make sure that what I was created for, I should do that. Hallelujah. Have you ever thought about how he chose Abraham? Why did he choose such a person? Was there nobody else on the earth? He was Abraham, just the only Hebrew. You know, there were no Hebrews. It all started with Abraham. Abraham was some unbeliever, moon worshiper. But he knew Abraham. He knew that Abraham would accept. And he knew Abraham would be a person who would be a blessing. Amen. And through him, he could bless all the nations of the world. Glory to God. So when he chooses you, he knows that you are such and such a person. And you are called to be such and such. And the scripture has given us all the details of who the new creation actually is. It's just like Jesus. So what is your purpose? Just be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Not really like Abraham. Just be like Jesus. That man on the inside is actually like Jesus. And he's working in us both to will and do his good pleasure. But if you listen to your emotions and you listen to what's going on outside, you become like mere men, like everybody else. And you start thinking, maybe God has done this. Maybe I'm going down. Oh no, help! <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm finding it hard to even cope with some people. They call themselves believers, and one minute they sound like they are, the next minute they, you don't know what they are. You know, foundations will never be real, exposed, until the problems start to show up. The real challenges come out there. That's when you will know what people actually believe. <laughs> my, my, my. So my brother and my sister, God has not forgotten you. He'll never forget you. You are His remnant for 2020. You are His people that have been preserving this land, preserving the cities where you dwell. You are the preservative. It's time to keep your savor. The salt should not lose its savor. It should not lose its true quality. And that quality is Christ is in us. So let's keep our minds on the Word of God. Let's keep our minds stayed on Him. Let's keep our minds on thoughts of how to enter into the rest of God and be a prophet on the earth, be a blessing on the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Maybe we should hear this in Canada also. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. Dodda Manelli, Bendibanga, the Patrigalla de Marada Patrigalu, Mandina Patrigal Rutaway, Kalau Gauravaku, Kalau Agauraku Rutaway, Oponotananu, Indover in the Shutta Parisikondere. Avanu, Pratistitanu, Yajamana Balikege, Yokenu, Sakala Satkare Kesidanu Agidu, Gauruke Patri Agirwan. Amen. Praise God. Let's look at First Peter chapter one now and observe there verse four to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Glory to God, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wow. Can you see where you fit in there? Ready to be revealed in the last time. Kept by God through faith. Notice that. 
unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And you are there in the last time. Maybe in that verse, just before the full stop, that's where you are. Hallelujah. Last, T-I-M-E, and then there's a dot, right? Just before that, that's where you and I are. Kept by the power of God through faith. If you believe it, you are kept. What about if you don't believe it? You're still kept. (laughs) See, when it comes to being raptured, being taken away, even if you are not really fully believing whatever the scriptures are saying, you'll be taken away because, you know, the first of all, the head is gone. Other believers have already gone. And if the head is gone, then you will also go. Praise God. But then there's also something called sovereignty. Have you heard of that? God is sovereign and God heals whom He wants to heal. That's what they say. That's the sovereign thinking. He'll prosper whom He wants to prosper and etc., etc. But that's not really sovereign. Sovereign means what the cross has not really uh, invited you to receive. Healing has been invited and you've been called to receive it because of what the cross has paid. Prosperity also. The cross has paid for it. You are invited. Come and take. Come and partake. All these kind of things, you are invited to it. But when it comes to uh, getting raptured out of here, you're not really invited to it. It's just there. Praise God. Go and fight about it a little. Think about it. But you were chosen for salvation, kept by the power of God through faith. So it's simple faith. The same faith that kept you in salvation is the same faith that's going to take you out of here. Praise God. So there's nothing to be uh, scared about. There's nothing to be worried about. We're going home and it'll happen just like that. Praise God. Reserved. Let's hear that also. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Amen. So while we can, let's just do as much as we know of Christ working in us. Just be yielded to Him. Open your heart to act on these things, but do it out of a place of rest and fellowship with God. Not by works mentality but out of rest, out of the fact that Jesus paid for it. Therefore, you need to enjoy it and do it in that strength. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and observe there. Verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Praise God. Let's hear verse 1 in Hebrews chapter 4 in Canada, please. Amen. So there's a fear, there's a healthy fear we're supposed to have, and that is the fear that we are not entering into the rest of God. Let's try to get into that rest. Let's enjoy that rest. Be concerned about that. That should be on your mind. You should not be um, settled until you get that rest. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, 
for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, on this wise God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So, you know, sometimes you don't say which verse it is, you just say this place and that place. Amen? Verse 5, And in this place again, Verse 6, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief, again he limited a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If Jesus or Joshua had given them rest, then would he not have afterwards spoken of another day? Verse 9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. He that is entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Praise God. Very interesting. So there's a, you know, labor to enter the rest, which sounds very strange. But the labor is with the Word of God, and we need to not do it from any other perspective, but working with the Word. We go to the promises of God without fear, without worry. Yesterday is over. Tomorrow is not yet here. There's a rest that is there for me today. Lord, help me. Help me to receive the scripture so that I can rest. My God shall supply all my needs, emotional, physical, material, financial. And then he will give me more than enough, not just enough, so that I can be a blessing to others. Because that's why you chose Abraham. And Jesus is greater than Abraham. And he gave his life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So our target is to be like Jesus. But there are other examples. We follow them. And we want to be like Jesus. Amen. Being available to be a blessing to the whole world. To help this reality become something for the whole world. Amen. And He has chosen you for that. And you are nothing less than the saint of the living God. And He has not forgotten you. And He's thinking about you. And his main focus is on the church right now. This is the age of the church. This is our age. Hallelujah. And so don't quit now. Don't give up now. Now's the time to work with the word. Now's the time to believe God and open up your heart to receive whatever the scripture says. Now is not the time to be all fearful and timid and worried. This is the time to build yourself up in the word of God. Expect the things of God to manifest in your life and be a blessing on the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's see also um, verse, maybe verse 3 and then verse 9 in Canada also. Lokada Astivadarane, Athana Kelasabur Mugidaru, Athanu, Avurun and Namishantali Serude, Ilavendu, Nanu Kopat in the Pramana Maridinu in the Hiridan. 
We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for healing mercies, working for your people. Thank you for counting them worthy of your calling, Lord. You might be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in their lives and the work of faith with power. The name of the Lord Jesus be glorified in them. They be glorified in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to do it right in this day and hour, to do it joyfully, to do it in fellowship with you. Be strong in your power, in your dominion. We worship you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Hallelujah. Amen. If you'd like to give an offering, now is a great chance to do that. We'll do so. God is faithful. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's a little tricky trying to explain all that, but maybe we'll do it two, three times and settle the matter. Praise God. You're blessed. Father, as your people give today, use this as a point of contact. Here mortal men receive, but there he that lives forever receives. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you. You're a faithful God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Abba Father. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. Here mortal men receive. There he that lives forever receives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for increase. Thank you that your people can be a blessing on the earth. Blessing on the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Hallelujah.